Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. You're here for episode 16. Thank you so much for tuning in. The first 15, today I'm here with a guest who's here in my local area of Wollongong. I'm excited because not only will Sally be my guest today, but I'll be her guest on her podcast later, which we're going to talk a little bit about during this episode. But very well known for your work in the fitness industry here and online. I know there's a very loyal following behind you, um, especially within the female female client base and the recent launch of your podcast, The Realness Podcast. So looking forward to our chat today. Ladies and gents, welcome Sally Bassouni. Did I say that right? You did. Well done. Perfect. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been probably about two months ago we'll have a chat about doing this, but yeah, as then, as for everyone, coronavirus has sort of thrown a spinner in the works. Yeah, hundred percent. All hell broke loose. Definitely, and you would have noticed that obviously because being in your lot of work, gyms were shut down pretty early on. Has there been much much of an adjustment? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I like remember clearly when you know we all got we're in a group chat all the coaches that work in the gym and there was rumor of it happening and i clearly remember it it was it yeah it was a shit day um but yeah i i did have to adjust and my whole business has gone online i refuse to do face to face pt um just i don't want to come into contact with people so yeah that's fair enough i think that's a smarter thing to do and i guess we're lucky in this day and age you know we can do a podcast over zoom we can do sessions, business meetings over here. So we're pretty lucky, to be honest, to to have the, I guess, the ability to adapt that we have in 2020. So talk to me about your journey. I've been doing a little bit of research and I'd like to say, I always say I do a little bit of research, but I'm a pretty off the cuff kind of guy and I like to make these really spontaneous. But from what I can see on the outside looking in at, at you and your business, You've got, like I said, a really amazing and loyal following of, of ladies that train with you. And I see that you're into competing yourself. And I want to talk a little bit about that journey. But where did your first sort of step into the fitness industry begin? Um, it started probably, so I danced my whole life. So I guess that's sort of fitnessy. Um, and then at about 18, 19, I was just in probably not the healthiest of relationship, uh, like with a partner. Um, and then it kind of just one day I realized I didn't have the best relationship with myself either. Like I was putting on weight. I wasn't really looking after what was actually going into my body. Um, so it kind of all just hit me that it, that needed to change. So I got a PT and to this day, I still tell him that he changed my life because he just, he like, helped me realize who I was and that I deserve to feel good. And even though those things didn't come out of his mouth, what, you know, what the gym did for me was realize those things. Um, so yeah, super grateful for him. And who was that? You don't mind me asking. Yeah. Um, Luke Cotter. I don't know how to say his last name properly. It's like a um, great class name. Um, but from definition fitness, he was working there a few years ago. Nice. And then yeah. so you were, say, 18, 19 at the time. And how yep, old are you yep. now? 25. I look 18 still, but I'm not. I'm the, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. Face. But um, so obviously that's what, seven, six years in the industry now. And when did you 
then decide that after, because I think that's how everyone starts their fitness journey, right? It's, I guess for a lot of people, it's something that makes them feel good. And that passion and dedication that you feel for training is then something that you want to share with others. So when did you realize that you wanted to be able to share that skill set and that ability with other people? Probably it was about 2014. So I'd, you know, done PT with my PT for a few years and that like, just that experience um, and like made me feel so amazing. And I still hold a special part um, in my heart, like of that time. And I just wanted to give that to other people. So at that gym, I, to tie it in with my dancing, I was like, why do I, why don't I just do, you know, my PT course and I might be able to take it into my dancing. I'm not really sure. Um, and then they offered me like a job, sort of a mentorship, you know, um, I just started following all like shadowing all the um, coaches and then eventually started working there. Um, and at that time I was in two minds about it. Um, and I saw a life coach about it and she's like, Sally, relax, like just go with the flow. So at that point I was like, okay, we'll just kind of see where it was going. And I guess like at that time I didn't really believe that I could give that experience that I had to someone, I still felt so inexperienced myself, um, only trading in the gym for two years, like not even. So I thought, you know, who am I to do this? And at that time I only was working there for probably a year and a half. And then I quit and went traveling. I studied dancing. I just kind of took a little, um, like break because I just was like, I don't feel ready. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me in that break, like, where did you go traveling? Um, I went to Europe for three months. I was only supposed to go for three and a half weeks. And then I ended up staying, um, have some friends over there. So I was, I was like, no, well, I have nothing to lose. So I stayed. Yeah, exactly. And a friend that I stayed with, she's been a friend since I was really young and a bit of a mentor to me at that time she really encouraged me to go chase my dance, you know, passion. I wanted to do a full-time year of study um, and I hadn't done it yet. And I thought, you know, why not? I don't have anything else to do. I'm going to regret it if I don't do it. So I came back home, studied that for a year, went back overseas for three months because I just love it. And again, I wasn't really committed to a job. I was working here, there and everywhere. So I wasn't like in something yet. And I thought, why not? So One thing I'm always interested about is, you know, people say that travel cultures you and I Mm. guess teaches you in a way that other things can't. The experience of traveling and meeting new people and being faced with creating new relationships in foreign countries and places that you're not comfortable. I can imagine that really helps with your job now, being able to create relationships without, I guess, necessary, um, I guess, without similarities in someone else's personality. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it like stops you from being scared. Like I was very timid and kind of afraid to say what I really thought and do things that I wanted to do, but traveling, have you been traveling? I've, yeah, I've been, I've been lucky yeah. enough to go a little bit, but not extended yeah. periods of time like that. Most okay. like four weeks at a time. Yeah. Right. So yeah, when you do go for a little bit, like I basically, you know, had no money. So I had to make do and, you know, you nearly miss buses, you nearly miss connecting trains. You have to ask, you know, a person that doesn't speak your language, am I in the right spot? Like you're faced with so many unknowns and stuff. I don't, I'm like, how did I even do that? Like that it teaches you that you just have to adapt. Like 
you have to deal with the situation as soon, like you, you just can't fail pretty much. Like you've yeah. just got to do what you can. And that's definitely like helped me so much now. I'm just like, what have I got to lose? Bring it on sort of thing. A hundred percent. And so like looking at your client base and I know a couple of people that train with you and they speak really highly of you. And it's, it's interesting to me because I used to be a PT back in the day. So I was same same thing as you, like 2014, I started as a PT. I was 17 at the time. And I had a real mixed bag of sort of clients. Like I had everyone from the age of like 14 through to, I had a guy who was training me who was 84 years of age. Um, he was a legend, wow. but a real mix. But it looks like you've found your niche in um, women's fitness and specifically strength training from what I can, I can note. How did you create that niche and when did you really figure out, was it because of your past life experiences that you wanted to be able to focus on a group of ladies and, and help them improve their life? Yeah. So at definition, when I was there, I was the same as you straight away. You know, I would take any client. I just wanted to learn. Um, and it was during that break that I kind of, you know, realized what I wanted, I guess, without knowing, I don't know. Um, so I did a lot of like a lot of personal development um, in the last few years and a lot of like marketing, uh, learning about business and that sort of thing. And I don't know. It just like fell into my lap. I worked with a life coach only recently, a different one. And she was really um, adamant about setting boundaries, like know what you want and be sure and really enforced how important that is. If you want something, you have to set the boundaries and like it'll happen. And then, yeah, with my, and I've been following a lot of people that, you know, I look up to and I'm like, they have such a niche brand and that's why they're so successful. So I was like, okay, that's, I know that's what I need to bring. And it kind of naturally just happens. You know, I just was being me. I was so comfortable in who like, you know, obviously still working on it, but so comfortable in who I was and what I had to offer and just being genuine and authentic that, it, like the people just came to me that your vibe attracts your tribe um, as yeah, plain as like that, that sounds, but it's like so true. Um, yeah. If you just oh, definitely. look at my client base. Yeah. And I think it's nice to, I guess, to be able to have empathy for the people that you work with and the people you're training and I guess directly compare, well not compare, but directly reflect on your own past experiences makes it a whole lot more powerful. Yeah, 100%. And like, I haven't done CrossFit. So I'm not going to coach someone in CrossFit. I haven't done like so much. I don't want to be a person that kind of dabbles in all fields. Why not work on what you're great at? So that's just kind of one bit of advice. People say like, get laser focused, pick that thing. And then that's what I'm trying to do. So for you, strength training is obviously, you can see it's a passion because to compete and to, I guess, have the discipline that you have to have to go into a competition and to get into that shape is, is tough. It's tough for me. Like last night was Wednesday night. I had a couple of good days, a couple of lint chocolates looking at me, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like for me to, I wouldn't, I know I wouldn't have the discipline to compete and it's probably because I'm not passionate about that side of training enough, but for you finding a passion in this, when did you first decide that you wanted to step on a stage and really test yourself? So I'm a big believer <coughs> in, you know, what, um, 
what challenges you um, and like adversity that comes your way is when you really grow and you really can't teach something unless you've experienced it. Like you can't, I don't think you can coach someone to a stage or through a powerlifting comp if you haven't done it yourself, how can you relate with someone if you haven't done it? So even if I get a client that, you know, has disordered eating, I have never experienced that. So I'm going to pass them on to somebody that has, because how can I speak from experience when, and teach from that point when I haven't even done it, I can read a book and tell you the book, but it's really not coming from that relatable space. Um, So a few years ago at definition, I did a powerlifting comp because it just kind of got thrown around and I was like, I've never, you know, worked in a block for something. So let's do it. And it was honestly the best. There is nothing better than, you know, for me lifting a weight and you just feel so empowered. It, it's not about aesthetics. So at that time, you know, I wasn't completely comfortable with what I looked like. Um, so for me, like a bikini comp back then wouldn't have been healthy, but powerlifting, yeah. why not? So, and then, probably a few months into um, my like business last year, I was a bit bored, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to challenge. I want to challenge myself. I want to see if I can get through this. I want to be able to relate with clients. I've never really gone through, say, a massive dieting phase at all. So it's hard for me to relate with a client that's on low calories if they're trying to like lose weight, if I haven't done it myself. Mm. So yeah, and I love costumes and makeup and getting dressed up. So yeah. I was kind of just Why not? Work. Yeah, exactly. And so I remember, because I remember watching, it may have been just as I'd reached out, you were, I don't know if it was just before, maybe just before I'd reached out, I'd seen on your feed that you'd been in Europe while you were prepping. Mm. How Was yeah. that difficult? No, <laughs> no, it was because it was so far out. So my comp was actually supposed to be, what's the date? I think in like two weeks. Um, so it was so, it was in, when did I travel? September last year. So that's a long time. Um, and prepping with my coaches, um, from strong at 24 seven, Joey and Susanna, they're, um, getting me to follow flexible dieting and macro tracking, which is what I talk about. Um, and with that, I don't have to like cut out, foods I don't have to I could still eat like I can still eat stuff and you know the point that when I was over there they were just like Sal enjoy it so the first week I tracked my food and I was kind of like roughly tracking but then the next two weeks in Italy and stuff I just ate all the gelato and to be honest didn't even make a difference don't you love how in Italy it's like you come I guess you come to Australia right and to have three scoops of ice cream sounds insane when I was in Italy, I was having four or five scoops. Like anything goes. I know. You it's so you can't feel guilty about it. You're in Italy. No, I like, and that's something I'm really blessed with. I've never had um, that relationship with food where I do feel guilty. So even now, if I have chocolate, I, I don't feel guilty about it. So I'm very, very lucky that I have that relationship with food. I was speaking. I was actually speaking about that exact topic with a mate of mine, Joe, the other day, and we we're saying. I've got, I guess I've got a relationship with food where it's, it's definitely not healthy when if I woke up in the morning and had pancakes and it was like, if I had like a bad, like fatty, sugary serving of pancakes, I've kind of got that attitude like, well, there goes the day, like what's for lunch? Like, 
that's kind of my attitude towards food, which I'm trying to shift because it becomes, becomes a really toxic way of eating and looking at your training. And it's sort of like, you almost feel like you're in catch up all the time where it's sort of like, I guess now training myself that if I've maybe made a wrong decision during the day, like to improve that later and that you can improve within the day as opposed to picking it up the next day or the next week. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, a lot of clients do come. My best friend actually was exactly the same. And so the way she, um, kind of solved that, she did see a food psychologist and, um, they told her, you know, I want you for two weeks to just eat whatever you want. No restrictions, no, like just eat whatever you want. And that really helped her. Um, and then, so like for me, I guess, and for clients, I, that's why tracking is so great. Um, people, you know, have that impression that it's obsessive and it's over the top. And I'm like, if you just do it for a little while, you understand why it is so, it is so great because you literally can wake up and have the pancakes, but then know that you've still got like, you you still got all these calories to have for lunch, have for dinner, and you can eat it like however you want and not feel bad that you did eat that. So like every day I have Nutella, like literally every day, uh, if I want something, I'm going to eat it because it, fits my calories I think it's Um, just building accountability right which is yeah important with anything understand and understanding like for me education is the key to anything you do and I think you know I used to track for a little bit and it's funny because I I went through a phase where I was really like dedicated to what I ate and and my training when I was more so training in the gym I went through like a little bit of a cut phase where I lost nine kilos and got in good shape a couple years back and I remember tracking my calories every day and this is probably five or so years ago, but even to the day, like if I go to consume something, I sort of know what I'm putting in my body. You know what I mean? You sort of yeah. pick up on like the amount of carbs that you're putting in, the amount of fats, proteins, and 100%. it just makes you more accountable in the future. I think. Yeah. You learn, you just learn what's in food. And like, I don't want to set, like, I'm not saying that, you know, just eat processed foods because it is important, the quality of food that's going into your body. But the great thing is with flexible dieting, like if, if you're paleo, this still works. If you're vegan, this still works. If you're like any, if it's any like dietary needs, it's not just about um, like the bodybuilding bro phase a few years ago, like before it kind of was more educated. They would just like dirty bulk. (laughs) Yeah. comments and just eat shit processed foods yeah. like all the time i gotta say i enjoy and it's as a young guy who was like for me like I've, my training journey is weird because being a pt i think for especially for a lot of guys and i can imagine it's very much the same for for women you sort of i started training like my my old man's super fit so i always aspired to be like my dad but you sort of get to that age 16, 17, where you want to start looking good. You want a bit of muscle. You want to be kind of the alpha at school and you start training and doing a bit of weights and you start to look into it. And if you find, I guess, the wrong people to follow and to, to be educated by, you can easily slip into the traits that you want to believe are true. So like you can easily slip into the fact that like, if I just eat KFC, lunch and dinner every day, school holidays for this whole week, like I'll put on some good size. But I found that for me, like this notion of eating, eating, eating consistently and just training, I I thought at the time I was going to, I was going to turn in, like I thought, man, like give it two years, I'll look like Sunny Biddle. Like it's Mm -hmm. over for everyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But I guess as you learn more, you understand the importance of, I guess, the quality of food that you put in the body, um, the importance of proper education and training and the importance of actually training things and, and doing exercise that you enjoy. Yeah, so for, me, for a long time, I was doing stuff I didn't necessarily enjoy because I thought it would merit a result that didn't have a lot of meaning. So for me now, I rarely hit weights. Like I've probably hit more weights in the last three to four weeks than I have in the last two years, just because I've had a few on my balcony here to play around with in ISO. But mm, like, that. I loved Muay Thai. I love like getting outside and swimming and walking and doing all that sort of stuff. So I think just having healthy relationships and actually being passionate about what you do. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's like, it's, it's like one thing doesn't fit like everybody's needs and their wants. And I always say like, if worse comes to worse, you don't want to follow a diet, whatever, just eat with just balance and just be smart, like mindful eating, just yeah. be smart about it. And when people come to me with a goal that I want to drop some kilos, I use science and that's where macros like comes in. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where that stems from. And like with training, it's, you know, I'm the same. I obviously dancing, I've done a bit of a 45 training. I like love doing running like a few years ago, like, sprints and stuff yeah. and hit that sort of training and now it's strength training and I like at the end of the day the thing for me is strength training that's kind of where I always come back to but there's like no pressure to feel like you choose something and like that's it but it's like this like a up and down all the time yeah. there's going to be waves you know definitely so talk to me about your training so what does a week for Sally B look like in the gym um, it's not that exciting. Literally it's, um, at the moment it's only four days. Um, a few months ago when I was supposed to be competing soon, it was five days. Um, and I will, it's like squats, deadlift, bench, um, bit like it's mainly strength based with a little bit of bodybuilding. So a couple of supersets, yeah. especially like with my glutes. So I'll back to back, like a few exercises, um, I honestly only have three sets of everything. It's, it doesn't have to be over the top. A session takes me an hour if I'm deadlifting, maybe longer because I like to rest when I lift heavy. Um, but yeah, basically I was working on strength. So I was lifting the heaviest I ever have, but also being the leanest I ever have and also looking the best I ever have. So yeah, that's kind of what training was like to me. And then I also have step targets. So at the moment it's sitting about 12,000 and I've got a really good gym set up at home. So yeah, I train four days a week at home, um, still cool. deadlifting all that. Yeah. Very lucky. And it's all full body. So I don't have like bro splits, like arms, back, yeah. chest. I have like full body. So it gives the body plenty of time to recover. And I'm hitting that same muscle group like every two days, which is important for muscle growth. So do you do just hearing what you said there, is that almost like a day on a day off? Um, yeah, I mean, I could, but it just depends on my schedule. Like yeah. I'm pretty easy going at the moment. So I just kind of train when I feel like it, like make yeah. sure I get my four sessions in out of seven, but I just kind of go with it. Nice. And, yeah. and obviously there's a business side to this too. And I can see you got a little bit of merch going on and, um, I can see you sort of, um, I guess venturing into that side of things as well. Are there business goals for SB fitness moving forward. Are you quite content with where it's at? What are your plans? 
Um, yeah, there is definitely some goals um, and some areas that I want to grow. Um, the biggest thing is that, you know, the best feedback I've had and the one thing that keeps being brought up is community. And yeah. they, I th- honestly, I think that's why half the girls are still with me is because of the community and they just feel loved and they feel respected and they can come in. It's a safe place. Um, so yeah, just trying, trying to build that. So, you know, we'll see what happens in that area. Um, but I really want to just like build that girl power community. Um, and then as well, I'd love to expand my team so that um, I can work more on the business side and really get that under control um, and be able to venture out into different, like there's a particular, like I want to study more mindset stuff. So in order okay, to cool. commit to studying, I need people to help with the work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got a few actually clients that are currently studying their PT certificates. So yeah, we'll kind of see what happens, watch this space. So with the mindset stuff, are you looking at more so one-on-one coaching or doing more group stuff? Um, yeah, with mindset, definitely the one-on-one. Um, <coughs> yeah, will be probably where I'll head. But, you know, I do give a lot of mindset advice based off what I've learned and what I know. And I just want to be a little bit more kind of qualified and just more knowing in what I'm advising people to do. So yeah, it's exciting. Definitely, definitely exciting. I guess one thing I'm curious is I've spoken to a few people who run businesses, especially in this last two months around COVID and much like I've adapted with this over Zoom um, because I usually like to sit face-to-face with someone around the table and have a great convo face-to-face, but you can't not work, right? So you've got to keep pressing on and I quit my job recently so this is my full-time gig now so I love it yeah I've gone full in so I need to keep going and I need to keep pressing forward I've adapted to this and this has been for me I guess I've said this to a few people I'm a bit of a perfectionist so I guess I struggled with the idea of maybe the quality of video is not going to be as good because I don't have someone face to face maybe the audio is not going to be as clean because we're not recording directly next to each other but I've, I feel like I've overcome that and I'm actually quite content with the fact that maybe those guests that are hard to get face-to-face, I'll continue to do this with post-COVID. Is there an element of adaption in your business that you think will continue once this is all over or would you like to go back to 100% the way it was before? Yeah, I definitely want to keep this online um, program and community. Uh, it's been really great and I'm the same as you. Like I was a perfectionist like I was very nervous about even doing anything because of what happens if it's not good enough and people are going to judge and whatever and I soon quickly learned that same thing like who cares just do it anyway so that's something I've really adapted and just used the last few years like even like this logo I literally just like did in a 30 minutes I was like oh yeah that's fine whatever I just have to get it done why should I lag and wait two years just fixating on this thing to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect. So yeah, that's one thing I've definitely learned as well. So it's really good. Um, but yeah, the online component, something I definitely want to focus on and I've had so much time to focus on my other passions, like, you know, working, I'm doing a mindset course at the moment and podcasting more and really want to keep doing those things. So making more time for that. So in order to do that, like I said earlier, I need more help sort of thing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 
Tommy, you said it there, the podcast. I was really interested. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge passion of mine. Yeah. Um, it's something I've gone all in on. So I love it. And I love listening to other people's podcasts. And I think, I think to be honest, we live in a world where people love self-improvement and people love, you know, whether it's self-help books, whether it's podcasts, whether it's getting their entertainment through, I guess, a funny or, or storyteller podcast. What inspired you to make that step? And was it more so to supplement your business or is it a bit of a passion project on the side? Definitely more of a passion project. And like you hit the nail on the head, like when, like when podcasts just, you know, means so much to you and it's changed your life. Um, you like need to, like, I just podcasting. I love it. Like I love listening to podcasts just yeah. like you. I've been listening to them for years. There was one in particular that um, the Kimberly Wenya podcast, she just like, completely just changed everything and helped me so much and I think in life you know if you really listen to what your heart wants what like fix not fixes you but like helps you at a point in time you just want to be able to give back so like with my PT that changed my life so I want to do that for other people with podcasts listening to her and other people there's one as well called Seize the Yay by Sarah Holloway or Sarah Davidson now she like listening to her, you would love it. Hers are just so good. And I was, it's just a passion project. I literally had the introduction recorded probably a year and a half ago, but I was always too scared to do it because I didn't have any equipment. I had nothing. I was like, no, I can't self doubt. Um, yeah. yeah. I had the name. I had everything for a year and a half and yeah, just recently I was like, okay, I found this. It's a really good microphone, I think. I don't know. But it was someone was selling it on um, Instagram because they weren't using it for like yeah. super cheap. And I was like, okay, it's the time now. And I know how to edit stuff. Like I edit music for dancing, teaching. So yeah. like I can cut, edit all that stuff that comes naturally to me. And I was like, perfect. yeah. And the idea behind my podcast is just like talking about real stuff. I feel like we live in such a world that's so just Instagram highlight reels. I just want to bring as much realness as oh, realness huh, as possible. Um, and just yeah, like for those story. of you are listening, it is called yeah. the realness podcast. So yeah. So yeah, just bringing as many stories as I can. Cause I feel like that's what really helped me was hearing other people str- like struggling, going through something, um, changing their career a million times. One thing that, you know, got to me a little bit. I worked at so many different jobs because I was just never happy. And I was like, am I weird for doing this? Because none of my other friends are like this. No one else is really like this. Like I felt really kind of isolated and crap about myself for doing that. But deep down, I was like, I'm not settling till I'm happy. And then hearing other people in the same boat and then they're so happy with what they're doing now. I was like, oh, I can actually like, I can do that as well. So yeah. Amazing. And tell me one last question for you before we wrap up. I'm really interested and I ask people all the time is obviously, you know, we've seen your passions today, which is health and fitness, your podcast, um, the way that you connect with your clients. I'm always interested to know when you come home after a big day of work or you need some downtime, who are you in that time? Is it, do you like to separate yourself from all of that or are you very much 24 seven health and fitness community connection yeah to be honest I like I'm not a typical PT at all like I I'm so not like like I I obviously enjoy health and fitness but 
me at the end of the day, like I just am a slob. Like <laughs> I don't wear makeup. I'm just super chill. I love like, I love getting coffee with friends. I love hanging out. I'm just completely like, and what you see is what you get. And I just hope that people see that say on social media, they see that I am just a normal person that's chill and just yeah, normal, not some like glossy fit, fitspo on Instagram and then a completely different person at home. Yeah. Pretty much what you see is what you get. To so my girls in my fitness group, you know, I have a private Instagram for them and like I'm always doing like, you know, the double chin angle talking on it and stuff like that just because like that's just yeah. me. I And like it's hard for me to switch off at home. I will be honest about that. It's very hard to, you know, not reply to things and Honestly. everything like that yeah it's pretty damn hard so just trying to work around that and not be switched on 24 7 so I love to read I love like recently because we have so much time I've been watching a bit of Netflix at night even playing the sims even though I'm already over it but yeah little things what are you reading at the moment anything good um yes it is uh breaking the habit of being yourself um yeah I think Joe Dispenza I think I've heard a bit about his books actually. Yeah, it is so, so good. And then I'm doing a course called, um, oh, it's by MJB seminars and they're completely like relatable. Um, just, yeah, it's like the science behind universal laws and, um, you know, everyone talks about manifestation and stuff like that. It's the actual science behind why that kind of is true. Amazing. Yeah. How good's that? Well, just before we go, where can everyone find you on socials? Yeah. So my personal is just Sally Bassoonie. Um, My business is SB Fitness with three underscores because I didn't think about the business name before I checked Instagram. Um, And then my podcast is Realness, the podcast. And that's it. Amazing. Sally, thank Thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure everyone will get so much from this episode. Please, please, please. I said it before. I've, completely sacrificed everything in my life for this podcast now it's my passion i love it i'll continue to say that i love it and that i'm passionate about it so if you're listening and you love it give it a five star rating subscribe leave a review i love it when i get a new review through or a new subscriber it hits me in the feels so thank you guys so much for listening to episode 16 we'll catch you at the next one thanks guys